exercise. Don't sweat it. Welcome to the Eat Plants Feel Whole podcast, a program designed to help you harness the healing power of plants and transform your health. I'm your host, Todd Chobatar. I serve as publisher and editor-in-chief at Advent Health Press. Today, we're talking with lifestyle medicine specialist, Dr. George Guthrie, about his book, Eat Plants, Feel Whole. Dr. Guthrie, welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, Dr. Guthrie, uh, there's so much out about exercise Mm -hmm. and how to best approach exercise. And I think a lot of us uh, know that we should exercise, but with all the different options out there, maybe not quite sure how to approach it. So in your experience and, uh, and, and research, what have you discovered? That would really be important as well if one had an illness that one was trying to deal with, right? So one's level of fitness makes a difference. Let me, let me start by kind of sharing a story, okay? Uh, several years ago, I was invited to join the staff of a facility which was doing intensive lifestyle intervention for people using plant-based diet, of course, exercise and uh, fresh air and lots of water, just trying to improve the lifestyle to make the disease go away. Mm-hmm. Part of that program was, of course, the exercise piece. And some people with bad joints you know, needed the pool to work in and, and of course, being a you know high-end facility, we had an exercise physiologist. So I'm up in the doctor's office talking to patients and sending them down, encouraging them to do exercise. And I thought to myself, you know, I need to uh, figure out what goes down down there in the exercise area. So I, I went down and spoke with my uh, friend, Harold Meyer. I said, Harold, I'm up there doctoring. You're exercising people down here. What are you teaching them so I can kind of support you? Mm-hmm. And Harold was a man of few words. I found it a little bit frustrating at first I, because his response to me was, um, let's get you scheduled for a treadmill. No, I said, Harold, I just want to know what I need to tell these people. Uh, when can you do the treadmill, he says. So he pushed until I finally agreed. And of course, the day came. I put on my uh, exercise clothes and got onto the treadmill. Now, we think of a treadmill as um, something that you walk on. This or a was torture a, device. Or a torture device. <laughs> but uh, the uh, treadmill that Harold put me on was a medical treadmill. So I had the wires on my chest to measure my heart. And he'd gone beyond that. He, he also had what was called a metabolic cart. So what happened was he would, from this kind of cart, there's this tube running to my mouth. And I, I'm supposed to exercise with this thing in my mouth. Well, it ends up being important from a scientific physiologic standpoint because as we exercise, we breathe off carbon dioxide. We breathe in oxygen, we breathe off carbon dioxide. Mm-hmm. And so that can be measured and one can, by the machine, and the machine can tell when I'm putting out the maximum oxygen or burning is maximum oxygen because everything starts to change when I go past maximum. It won't go any higher, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it was a good way of measuring. And so the machine started, and I started doing my best. Okay, I ran hard, but as is always the case, the machine won. <laughs> the machine <right>? won. <laughs> so he turns it off, and we've got the measurements, and I'm kind of cooling down. And, and uh, I mean, this was several years ago now, what, 15, 20 years ago. And Harold said, well, George, you did a great job. 
you have excellent cardiac fitness for a 65-year-old male. <laughs> and I said, okay, Harold, I'll take it, thanks. And then he went on to explain to me the exercise that he was giving to the people who were coming, the patients, the participants, sick people. He was doing something called intermittent training. And he encouraged me to do it. What better way to learn about it than to do it yourself? Harold was right. I wanted the shortcut. But to actually do it yourself makes a difference. Now, let me tell you a little bit about my exercise history. Okay? Mm-hmm. I think I ran a mile twice in high school. And I can tell you it about killed me both times. <laughs> I'm just not a good exerciser from that standpoint. I mean, give me a game like racquetball where there's moving or soccer or something. And I enjoy doing that. But running, uh couldn't handle it. So I tried doing this intermittent training exercise and with running. It, it didn't work well, so I moved to rowing and some other things. Well, let me explain the exercise. So the way he explained it is every minute needs to have some exercise in it and some rest in it. So he got for me a target heart rate using the treadmill experience. He said, this is going to be your target exercise. This is where you're going to be burning the most fat. This is where you're not going to be making the lactic acid that kind of makes maybe making the muscle sore. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is the range and you put on this polar heart rate monitor. So, we, you know, we got a heart rate monitor. I know we can use watches now to do that, but that's what we used in those days. And you run your heart rate up five beats above that target. And once it gets up there, you just stop and rest or slow way down and let your heart rate come back down. When it gets to the bottom of that kind of 10-beat range, you start exercising again. So that's what he taught me to do. It was a very interesting experience. I, uh, I tried the rowing machine for a while, but you know I got tired of that. Um, so finally, I decided, I wonder if I could do some running. There's a hill out there. I could run down and walk up. I mean, I, I can manage that, right? Got gravity in my favor on the run. So I started kind of doing that outside and slowly kind of improving. Now, this is very interesting because this exercise, this intermittent training done in this range, this safe range where you're burning more fat and you're not making the extra lactic acid, actually uh, makes the exercise more enjoyable. It doesn't build up the negatives. Uh, when you overexercise and you're running out of oxygen, it tends to decrease the, um, the endorphins mm-hmm. in your brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you don't enjoy the exercise. One of Harold's stated goals for me was, I want you to feel like your day is incomplete unless you have had exercise. So in essence, I need to enjoy that exercise because you won't do it unless you actually enjoy it. Six weeks later, I am uh, minding my business, doing my exercise, and Harold says, it's time for your next treadmill. When can we schedule that? Mm -hmm. So we scheduled it up, and there I was up on the machine again in my exercise clothing with the wires on my chest, with the thing in my mouth. coming to your mouth. Oh, it's terrible. It's got this little spit catcher because you can't swallow when you got it in. It's not fun. Yeah. And uh, so the machine, again, won. Uh, I gave it my best. And uh, when I got done, Harold said, you did good, George. You have the average fitness for a college PE major. 
Big improvement. Female. <laughs> and I said, I'll take it, Harold. <laughs> well, it ended up that my fitness level cardiovascularly had improved 26 to 28 percent, somewhere in that range. And I really hadn't worked that hard. I hadn't sweat that much because I wasn't pushing it that hard. And what is demonstrated with this intermittent training is that you actually get more benefit, more weight loss without kind of the detriments. We tend to think no pain, no gain, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it ends up that that's a fallacy. We actually get more gain if we avoid the pain, if we can stay in that kind of sweet spot range. Hmm. Now, would you recommend this kind of intermittent training for all of your patients, or is there Excellent some point. There's some very interesting literature out there. Mm -hmm. For example, this intermittent training has been tried with, you know, you do the, the treadmill so you know where the safe zone is, mm -hmm. and you put people with congestive heart failure, for example, on intermittent training. They do better with intermittent training than they do with regular exercise. They do better with intermittent training than they do with no exercise. It's really the best way to go. Uh, in many arenas, it's the best way for people to exercise. It's interesting. I've watched a lot of people. See, I was working in an inpatient setting where people paid thousands of dollars. I mean, seven, eight, nine thousand dollars to come for two and a half weeks for this intensive lifestyle intervention. So they wanted to get their money's worth. One of the things we had to hold them back on is exercising too hard because they said, I'm going to go get it. No, hold back. You need to do this intermittent. It's time for you to rest now and you get credit for the rest. And in the end, it actually worked better for them. Hmm. Did you catch that? Yeah. It worked better for them. It worked it, better for them. Intermittent training worked better for them. So uh, very interesting research. This is a very safe way, and in my opinion, the very best way for someone with a chronic disease to really get fit, fast, and healthy, and safe. So... I like the concept. It sounds like it's relatively uh, straightforward, the way yes, that you describe yes. it. Now, tell me about the uh, how I would find out about my heart rate, though. Good point. Because I've pointed to the treadmill as the place to go to find out where that right. safe zone is. Um, that's a little bit of a challenge, but I think I've got a shortcut for it, okay? So this is what I do with my patients, because... The treadmill in an office setting is a little harder to get, a little harder to justify with the insurance company. And I think we can get there with a little bit of care. So let's start with that. The first thing to, uh, you need to know is what is your maximum heart rate? And this is a theoretical maximum gotten by science over time. And what you do is do 220 minus your age. So if you went to, if you were 60 years of age, 220 minus 60 would be about 160, yeah. right? So that would be your theoretical maximum. Now we know that that's not really the maximum, but it's the theoretical, that's what we use. The next thing you need to know is your resting heart rate. What is your heart rate when you first wake up in the morning? Things are kind of rested and calm, right? When you're at rest, what's your resting heart rate? Mm -hmm. So if your resting heart rate, let's say, is 60, that's probably not true for somebody with heart disease, but mm -hmm. because that tends to be more fitness, but mm -hmm. for mathematical purposes. So top is 160 and bottom is 60, you need to go halfway between that. 
So there's 100 between the two. So half of 100 is 50. Add the 50 to the 60, and it gives you 110. 110, yeah. So that's usually a pretty safe place to start. If you had you know, angina and significant heart problems, probably a good idea to talk to your cardiologist or at least your primary care doctor first. They may start you out a little bit lower, but for most people, that's safe. And then you start to exercise. So if it was 110, you, your range would be 115, from 105 to 115, that 10 range. Exercise up. Once your heart rate gets up, then you slow down and rest. When you get to the bottom, you start exercising again. If the time it takes for your heart rate to come back down is less than 15 seconds, you need to raise the whole thing up by five. Mm. And then it self-regulates. Now, it's very interesting. Even people that are measured with the treadmill, they need to kind of readjust on a weekly basis because the fitness will so improve things. For example, the resting heart may be at 80. And after a week of doing this exercise, the resting heart rate may actually drop down to 70. Mm -hmm. So to keep in that zone, you may actually uh, need to adjust a bunch of times. So it's a a place to start. The 50% kind of between the two is a safe place to start for almost everybody. And then uh, just slowly let it build itself up. Now, if I'm someone who is uh, is a little bit more advanced, mm-hmm. so if I've been doing some kind of exercise mm-hmm. and I've mm-hmm. checked with my mm-hmm. doctor and mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm good to keep going, what do you think about uh, a term that I hear a lot nowadays called HIT? So high intensity interval training. Uh, I, before I did high intensity interval training, uh, high it or however you want to call it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and people often call it hit. I would want to make sure my heart was in pretty good strength yeah. because that particular exercise program is you start at rest and you you give it as hard as you can for a minute, okay, and until you're so beat you can't move, and then you rest until your heart rate comes back down. Mm-hmm until it gets back down to where you started, and then you do it again. And doing three or four cycles of that, over 15 minutes or so, you can get as much benefit physiologically as if you kind of exercised an hour or, or more. So it's an efficient way of, of uh, really pushing a body. Now, again, if you've got a heart attack, if you've had a heart attack, you, you better be careful, right? Yeah, right. If you got diabetes, you better be careful. So this is people who are already fit, people um, who may, for example, have an office job, need to get their exercise done in an efficient sort of a way because life is busy. Yeah. HIT is a great way to do it. So I hear you say that there were, I, I was actually jotting a few notes down mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. while you were, you, you were I talking. I noticed. <laughs> and I like, uh, you said, some of the benefits of intermittent training. So more weight loss, mm-hmm. fewer injuries, mm-hmm. uh, no sweat or yes. less sweat. Less sweat, maybe. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, more pleasurable. Sure. I mentioned endorphins. Yes, 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 yes endorphins. And, and uh, I, I like to add another word to that, okay? Because you can do it indoors, but I've found that outdoors is better. Mm-hmm. I think there's more pleasure there. You get some sunlight. I mean, there's just a lot of things going on. So, Fresh air. So I call that outdoorfins. <laughs> outdoorfins. Okay. Yeah. So it increases your outdoorfins to get your exercise outdoors. In the great outdoors. Yeah. I like it. I like it. And intermittent training is the uh, safest way to do that to get the most benefit. To get the most benefit. So in summary, if you were to take me through... I'm someone who's interested in exercise mm-hmm. uh, to increase my fitness, mm-hmm. um, but don't sweat it. Mm-hmm. 
the best thing for me to remember in this process? Um, do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Intermittent training. Intermittent you know? training. Yeah. Do uh, IT. You know, in our in the my book here, there's a um, uh, kind of a chapter on exercise, and there's a questionnaire for people. The the Canadians have done a good job of putting together a questionnaire for people who are not sure whether it's safe to exercise. Mm -hmm. And I would encourage anybody who wants to start an exercise program to go in and answer those questions. And if they raise a little red flag, then you probably better talk to your doctor and maybe get some stress testing just to kind of make sure. But once you know that, uh, intermittent training is definitely the best and safest way to go and will allow some incredible improvement. It's, it's a good uh, chapter 10, I remember. It's, okay. in, it's in the book. So free resource for mm -hmm. folks uh, in the book to be able to take. Excellent. Yeah. Good. Uh, <clears throat> I had a gentleman come to me um, a little, about a year and a half ago who had uh, ended up in the emergency room with chest pain, was taken to the cath lab, had a heart problem. And they wanted to put a stent in. And I would have recommended they have the stent in, but he said, no, I'm going to do it myself. So he went for a plant-based diet, came in to see me and said, Doc, I used to exercise, but I'm afraid to exercise. Can you help me? So the way I helped him was to, in essence, calculate his uh, uh, kind of target heart rate, ask him to get a heart rate monitor, and then begin to exercise in that range. It's now been over a year, and... Uh, here around Christmas time, I get uh, a note on his Facebook page that telling me he just ran a half a marathon. Oh, fantastic. And feeling great. I mean, the exercise yeah, is yeah. there. He's feeling safe and doing very well. We put him on the treadmill to prove that his IT had made it safe. Once we did that, we've actually been able to stop many of his cardiac medications as well. Fantastic. So he's happy about that and healthy and good. I'm real, a real believer in this intermittent training. It's, yeah. It helps people increase their exercise in a safe way, and it's extremely effective. Wonderful. You know, along with that uh, quiz that mm -hmm. folks can take, mm -hmm. this, uh, mm -hmm. this Get Active mm -hmm. quiz mm -hmm. that's available in mm -hmm. the book, um, there are some other free resources mm -hmm. that you offer as well. And one of them that's, uh, that's a favorite of mine is, uh, is called Dr. Guthrie Recommends. Ah, okay. So th this is uh, a list of resources mm -hmm. that's both in the back of the book, mm -hmm. but it's also available for free on the website, eatplantsfeelwhole.com. Mm -hmm. And this is a list of recommended resources. There are books that you recommend in there, some movies, some mm -hmm. uh, podcasts, some other resources that you found helpful uh, for you and for your patients. And so uh, it's something that I want to recommend to our listeners right excellent, now. Excellent, excellent. And it, it's a good place to grow. Certainly you want a lifestyle change. You don't want to be a disciple of, uh, you know, yo, <laughs> you, you need to change your lifestyle. That's really our goal here. And so to be aware of the other resources, to gather courage from those, to help them support you in the choices you're making is, is our goal. And one of the things I appreciate, too, is that for the online resource mm -hmm. of this, um, you've committed to help keep that updated. So yes. as you come across other resources in the future mm -hmm. that you feel are valuable that you would like to recommend to folks, then you'll be able to add them to that online resource. Help people grow their healthy lifestyle. Absolutely. Dr. Guthrie, thank you so much for spending time with pleasure. us today. Appreciate mm -hmm. it. You've been listening to the Eat Plants, Feel Whole podcast, a limited edition 15-part series designed to help you harness the healing power of plants and to transform your health. I've been your host, Todd Chobatar. 
You can find links to many of the resources that were mentioned on the podcast today in the show notes. And if you'd like to find out more about Dr. Guthrie and his work, you can visit him online at eatplantsfeelwhole.com. And if you'd like to discover many other great resources to help you feel whole in mind, body, and spirit, you can do so by visiting us at adventhealthpress.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for our free newsletter where we have plenty of healthy living tips, some leadership wisdom, as well as many free resources and giveaways. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. 